Greetings. Welcome to my 16th podcast, the second of three from a non-fiction volume called Vignettes, Thoughts, and a Classical Exile. When I was a very little kid back in the late 40s, growing up near a remote northern Ontario mining town, every man who worked underground was supposed to eat one egg a day. It had something to do with being away from the sunlight. The problem was, eggs were very hard to come by, especially in the winter because there were no roads or rails, and they had to be brought in by plane and parachuted once the lakes froze over, which broke 90% of them. I was too young to understand why my dad was the only one in the family to get an egg, but I did understand that every four days it was my turn for the top, because he always ate his soft-boiled and would cut off the crown and give it as a treat to each of his kids, on rotation basis. When we suddenly moved south in 1949 to live with my grandmother, after my father's first heart attack, For weeks I'd eat the top part off the egg she'd put in front of me every morning, and then shove the rest over beside my father's plate, while everybody laughed the place down. It pleased me that I made the clan happy at breakfast, but at the same time I was disquieted by their response. Couldn't put my finger on the joke. When I finally clued in and stopped, it changed me forever. When I was eight years old, I asked my grandma one dawn, after a long and mysterious night drive, where my grandpa was, and she tearfully stuck a finger overhead and said, up there. So I climbed the biggest tree you ever saw, towering over her house, to tell him how glad I was he wasn't sick anymore. When I was a teenager, strolling down a country lane, I came across an old nail keg somebody had tossed aside. So I picked it up, intending to fling it behind some bushes, when a robin's nest full of little babies fell out on the ground. I was so startled I dropped the keg and mashed the babies flat. Since then, I've been reluctant to move anything for any reason at all. Like just about everyone else, I knew that some female spiders kill their mates after they fuck. And I guess the horny little booger I saw last night was up on it too, because he spent about 20 minutes tying her down while she slept, or pretended to, before he zanged in and pronged her the way a mouse would an elephant. A couple of fast humps, a spurt, and he was off and running. Didn't even stop for a smoke. Wham, bam, then a flat-out streak for his life. And it looked like he'd made it. But at the last split second, one of her legs ripped up and back like Gulliver rising in Lilliput land and smacked down, pinning him to the mat before scooping him in, biting his belly, wrapping him in silk, and depositing him, legs still quivering, in a neat bundle with a brand new tiny white egg sack. Food for the kitties. All my life, I felt that would happen to me if I married and had children before I could afford them. Nothing I've seen recently has caused me to alter that opinion. Have one man look in with an unlimited budget, and another look out with an unlimited budget, and eventually the one looking in will appear, like a speck of dirt, on the lens of the one looking out. This is called absurdity, the limit of the analytic. One day, in the dead of winter up in Eskimo land, a youngster of about twelve said he had to skidoo out and check his father's traps, because the old guy was sick, and he'd never done it alone before, and would I go along to help him keep his bearings? I said sure, and carefully studied the terrain until I was hopelessly confused. On the way back, he kept standing up and peering about, till he cut the motor and asked me which way to go. I said I didn't know. He looked at me doubtfully, then with fear, and begged me not to tease him. So I pointed to a distant mountain I thought, kind of maybe, I recognized, which turned out to be a rock less than a hundred feet away. The wind had long since obliterated every trace of our tracks, and as I stood there tossing that rock up and down in my hand, looking nervously about in a flat, cold blue, totally alien environment, I realized I was in a desperate situation. Fifty below zero with a rising wind, sunrise four months off, limited food and fuel, a frightened child, 
and utterly, utterly lost. Until the little bastard pointed out every blade of grass, every ripple of snow, and every horizontal tree were all pointing in the same direction. Whereupon he rolled around on the ground, splitting a gut, before cranking up the skidoo and driving us blindly home into the face of an advancing storm.